Welcome, everybody, to the Cleared Off the Line podcast for soccer fans and soccer players alike. I'm Forrest Tucker. And I'm Terry Craig. Let's get right to it. Lackluster, boring, probably a little bit terrible. Terry, those were the thoughts when I saw Michael Oliver's face last weekend when he was refereeing Villa, Sheffield United. And that was what can probably be also said about the opening weekend of the Premier League restart. Wasn't pretty, was it? That's true. I know me and you, we both go on this show and we always beg our fans to come out and enjoy the beautiful game. But unfortunately, the first week of the Premier League restart, there was nothing beautiful about it. Uh, Yeah, it was very lackluster. Um, Honestly, none of these games really stood out as being a good game. I think, quite frankly, they all were boring. Maybe one. There was one game. I know the Watford Leicester game. We'll get to that later. There was some excitement. At the at the end of that game, but overall, this week was nothing. I, I enjoyed the Bundesliga start better than this one. Yeah, yeah, I think maybe, maybe we'll edit in the tweet of me saying <laughs> I said it on Twitter that the Bundesliga restart was much uh, was much better than the Premier League restart, and I think that's pretty much just because Premier League was off for a longer time period, and Germany got back up pretty quickly. Honestly, they got on their feet pretty fast. So yeah. you know. It's, it's, it's all about the time when the players had off, and I, I don't know. Um, hopefully it'll improve, but really, I, I was looking at the calendar yesterday um, on my phone for just when the matches are, and they're packing games in. We looked at this last night. They're packing games in for the next two weeks, something like that, and then yeah. there are longer breaks that are maybe five, six days long until, like, I know that's what the case leading in the championship Sunday. Um, so one of these things where, you know, merely because they didn't start um, earlier and there was much debate about that, uh, mm-hmm. kind of just has to cram in a bunch of games. So that might not be the best quality for soccer, but I think the biggest thing is that the job gets done. You know what I mean? Yeah, exactly. And that puts a lot of pressure on these managers to try to keep their players fit. Because, you know, with all these games in a very short amount of time, you hate to see uh, players get burned out. And I saw a lot of that. A lot of uh, star mm-hmm. players didn't get to play or didn't or came on as substitutes at the end. So I think managers are keeping that in the back of their minds. They don't want their players to get burned out. Yeah, it's probably not the time to see flashy stuff and everything from the best players in the league. It's probably, you know, more conservative style of play we might see going forward we had managers uh physiotherapists uh you know the sport strength conditioning staff everyone's got to make sure that the players are um resting and recovering right and that's honestly when you're supposed to be you know staying in your house that's probably a pretty easy thing to do honestly i would i would hope i would hope we don't hear more about players just going out and i i'm, I'm not i'm a i know in england it's a separate kind of deal than here that road reopening a little more uh, slowly but you know just 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 stand the wraps man just stand the wraps that's kind of how what's got to be like especially the job thing we're getting right into it man well, we're gonna go through some games we thought were notable uh if that's even possible this weekend first one <laughs> terry aston villa sheffield united big one there of course i mentioned michael oliver i knew as soon as i saw his face something was gonna go wrong can you take us through what happened in that game that left a poor taste in everyone's mouth so basically, it's more of our controversy. The ball, the keeper took the ball, or no, I think it was crossed in. The keeper grabs it and it goes over the line. Clearly, goes over the line. And the I pushed guess over the line. yeah, pushed over the line. And the goal line technology did not work 
although on all the camera angles, it was clear the ball, the ball space in between the line, the line. It was so clear. And Michael Oliver could not use VAR in that instance because in that situation, he's only supposed to use the watch, and the watch didn't go off to announce a goal. And that just really adds to all the VAR haters like yeah, vendetta man. against VAR. It really does. Yeah, I mean, I, that would have been, uh, been the perfect situation to use it. Oh, yeah, of course. It would have been really great. The reason they didn't use it was because uh, there was a stoppage in play before they could say, oh, we, we, can, we, we should look at this. So someone um, who was the VAR official or whoever was down the line uh, looking over stuff obviously wasn't on top of their game, which you really hate to see it. And we talked about this in an earlier episode. When you have VAR, you have two different humans that are perfectly susceptible to error, as humans are, mm-hmm. making decisions. And I just don't understand why you double the poor decision-making. It's almost, yeah. it, 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 it really astounds me. We're not going to drive down the rabbit hole with this because we have all that stuff to get to. But for me, yeah. I just think, well, how, <laughs> how are we going to win here with this? VAR has done yeah. that, but, you know, I think the, and, the, uh, the losses are weighing a lot more than the wins with this technology because it's opposed by a lot of people. Yeah, and you would think that um, uh, the first stoppage in play after the incident, you'd think that that'd be the perfect time to go look at VAR, but they said, oh, it has to be during play if the stoppage in plays, or if there's a stoppage in play, you can't go back. But wouldn't that make sense to do it during the first stoppage in play if there is a quick one, you know? Yeah, I think it might but, be the like, time. Or, and maybe it was the ball went out, goes out of bounds or something. But I, I think that, that your point, that's probably a good part to have it have done. Um, but anyways, moving on. Uh, yes. Since Arsenal was a game that kicked off the weekend with the Villa Sheffield United game, um, actually during the week, it was on Wednesday. And yeah. probably the story of that is that Luis just had two mistakes for him on two separate occasions where Man City scored. That's yeah. where, um, that's where he caught the Gunners. And I don't know. For me, Terry, I think that Dava Luis just did, doesn't have his mind right there. That those are pretty terrible, you know, to have to just misjudge the ball. I get that, but the second one where he gives away the penalty—that's just inexcusable. Yeah, I, uh, I really feel bad for Mikel Arteta right here because Dava Luis didn't start. Pablo Mari started, and Pablo Mari went off with an injury. Dava Luis gets subbed on, and just two bad errors he he misjudged a ball bounces over and Raheem Sterling sends that past Bern Leno home and then the second one he just took a terrible angle to the ball I mean if uh I forget I forget I think it was Sterling that got by him maybe maybe Gabriel Jason's but doesn't matter someone got by him and just misjudged the ball gave away a penalty just just silly I'm not saying Arsenal would have won not saying they would have even gotten a point but when two it, bad individual errors gives away two goals and a red card. There's just no coming back from that, especially against a team like City. Even though City, even regardless that City didn't play their uh, their best players, still is Manchester City. Now, I don't know. I I think it's really a good question to ask where Arsenal go from here. Um, I, can they even push for a Champions League spot? Do you think? Or you think it's a season where uh, we might have uh, you know Tottenham finish above them for? you know the second time or third time in a couple years i keep looking at that table and the table really is crazy if if we had managed to win that game we would have only been three points off of fifth place and 
people think that fifth place might get might earn a Champions League spot because whatever go with uh with whatever's going on with Manchester City might mm. kick them out, but probably not. I know we're six points back, and it's going to be a dog fight for fifth. There's a lot of teams in there. Of course, of course. So moving on, um, the game I had the most stake in this weekend, of course. Yes. Man United Spurs. Uh, my notes here say Pog back. So that was that's he's back. Much, he's back. Yeah, he is back. That's pretty much it. I can't really say much else. I was happy to have him subbed on. I was never. Uh, I he has grown to be someone who I have a bit of disdain for over the past couple months. Because he was living it up well. I mean, I don't, I don't expect him to stay indoors the whole time he's rehabbing his injury, but it just seemed like he was he was he was having so mm-hmm. much fun away from us. And I was like, what? You know. And then and then his his agent always likes to talk. But getting off topic, and I, he obviously he played well. Um, and he, mm-hmm. I think I thought he played well with Bruno Fernandez. And to me, I think United's first is a pretty interesting game. It was good, a lot of good offensive stuff there. But how much do you think? Paul Pogba makes United better because I think that him, you know, the however you put that midfield now where there were a decent amount of questions a couple months ago, it's looking pretty good. Honestly, I think that Manchester United midfield is really good. Put Pogba in there. Pogba with Bruno Fernandez and then Scott Matamane as like a defensive midfielder. I think that that That's would awesome. be a great midfield trio. And before Pogba went on, Manchester United, they own possession because uh, Mourinho used those defensive tactics, but they really weren't doing that much with the possession. And then Pogba comes on, and that's any immediate energy. You could see everyone just trying harder. Pogba trying to pull his strings in the midfield. I'm I'm looking forward to seeing Pogba with with, uh, Bruno Fernandes in the midfield. What do you think about your your club? How, How excited are you to see him in the midfield? I was just happy because it's been a long time and I just haven't seen him back on the pitch and, you know, proved me wrong in a sense because, like I said, I've been thinking, oh, I just really want to stay here, blah, blah, blah. And I've always thought, you know, unless I hear it directly from him, uh, mm-hmm. I'm not really going to believe anyone else. I thought that with that game, and this was also, we talked about players just being kind of slow and uh, feet, legs being heavy over the past weekend. Players in that game looked pretty vibrant, but I saw a lot of impulsive and maybe just hasty decisions where the ball would be you know going you go to 50 50 ball on the ground and what i saw was just players maybe trying to go forward too fast and they could have played the ball back they could have you know just sat on the ball for a second or two more found a better pass and so that that was the case on both teams so i saw that you know basically just contributed to some choppy play where the possession was never as clear cut as oh we've won the ball that we're going forward it's all we're trying to you know win the ball back and go forward too much and there's a, a mm. option to play right there we run right into him and oh we're kind of back to square one and trying to fight for the ball but that was what it made it entertaining too so it was frustrating but i kind of like seeing it uh, mm-hmm. but that's kind of what again we're not they're not supposed to talk about in these games because yeah, they were pretty all born, all pretty born. Yeah. Uh, Watford Leicester, you mentioned that you mentioned that a bit ago. Um, there were some, there were two goals in the last few minutes. Leicester scored first, then Watford came back. Uh, I really, uh, I think that was probably the most drama of the weekend. But at the same time, I mean, it's, uh, it's. Would you say it's good for Watford to get that draw? Because Leicester's Leicester is what third place at the moment. Yeah, Watford really needed that. They are in a relegation battle. I think uh, 16th, like 15th or 16th in the table. And um, I think both these teams needed some points. Watford, 
in a relegation battle unless they're you never know they're still third but Chelsea and all those people they're uh they're breathing down their necks right now in the table so I think both teams needed the goal Leicester went up and then Watford won it in the depth and yeah I would agree with you this probably was the most dramatic game up until that point beforehand eh, but it's a fireworks at the end I would say I would say that Ben Chilwell goal. I don't know if you saw it, but Ben Chilwell, man, left fast and score goals too. <laughs> yes, I can. Uh, his goal is great. That goal is a jump off your couch goal uh, for sure. So that's a get up off your chair goal. Is you know honestly really great to see that. So that was probably the biggest, um, you know, just really great. Just a, such a sweet moment there. I enjoyed watching that goal. That was awesome. I loved that, and I thought, oh, Lester can just tuck that away and win with that goal. Perfect. But yeah, it. I think uh, it was. Uh, we're gonna see. I think we'll see more goals in the last couple uh, minutes of these games because players are gonna get tired. They're probably gonna have a good game plan for eighty minutes, and then once that last ten minutes comes around, someone's gonna make mistakes. Someone's gonna get tired. You, mm-hmm. you know, yes, there are five substitutions, but you can't sub off everyone. You can't get everyone, you know, on there with fresh legs. So we might see more of that going forward. Um, a whole no, lot of mistakes for the whole week. Yeah. Oh, and then when, yeah, if you're having all these games in a week, now I know squad rotation is a big deal, but you can only rotate so much um, without yeah. compromising a continuity of your preferred starting 11. So I spotted one then, honestly. All right. Yeah. Next game, Aston Villa, Chelsea. Pretty much the only headline here is a Christian Plissett, Captain America, man. He's he's back. Captain and America. He's goal. He got on the end of the cross great. And, uh, all the people that doubted him saying, oh, this move was terrible. Hey, look, man, give, give the kid some time. It'll make a difference. And he made a difference yesterday. So Yeah. And I, and I expect to see him a little bit more, as you said earlier, with that squad rotation. I think that this is the perfect opportunity for Christian Pulisic to show what he has to Frank Lampard. You know, he really hasn't had the opportunities beforehand with the season. I think he he can show what he has now. Let's let's hope he's let's hope he's uh, you know not in the loser category um, from COVID nineteen man let's let's hope he's in the winner category. Um, also notable out of league, but Gio Reyna had a had a good game uh, with Dortmund over the weekend. So big up to Gio, man. Where he finally got his first start. Happy to see him there. Uh, but now going back to the Premier League, Merseyside derby. Uh, I was excited for this man, and it really underwhelmed me. Uh, the last scoreline I thought that we would see coming out of that match would be nil-nil. What, what were your thoughts? It was a letdown. Uh, I thought that this was going to be the most exciting game of the weekend, and it was not. No. Um, but I will say, I was kind of... I feel good about Everton. I think, yeah, they didn't win the possession battle, but I think at the end of the day, I'd say Everton got the better chances against Liverpool. But Liverpool, they're really in no rush or hurry to start winning games, I guess. I think that they can, yeah, they can lean on just the brilliance of Mane, Salah, and all those people. We didn't see Salah uh, Sunday. It didn't really surprise me, but it is what it is. Klopp, I, he knows what he's doing. He knows his oh, play yeah. is better than we do. So, we'll see. Yeah, I think it'll be. Uh, I think it'll be interesting to see how long Liverpool take to win the title. I mean, look, if they waited long enough, they can probably wait a couple more days. But I don't know if any of uh, the scousers are biting their nails. I think they're probably pretty confident. Uh, but yeah, Everton did well. Everton had had a game plan. They executed it, and 
you have to be, you have to clean sheet against Liverpool. I think that takes a lot of, uh, you know, a lot of just defensive effort. Jordan Pickford, I think, had a couple pretty darn good saves, and I was, I was appreciative of that because I think one yeah. thing we have seen that we mentioned yesterday was that the goalkeeping has been good throughout this weekend. Um, we, I just every keeper I've seen has been doing pretty well, with the exception of Arsenal's backup. Just like they, they all seem like they're at. Um, just at a good, good level. And, of course, David De Gea had that howler uh, that went in. Um, I don't know how he didn't stop that or save it wide. But uh, regardless of those two kind of examples, I think goalkeepers are probably the easy, have the easiest job right now because they're not a field player. They don't have that wear and tear on their legs. Wouldn't you agree? I agree. And I think it goes back to how you train during COVID-19 and when they're doing uh, individual training sessions, I think. Their training sessions compared to everyone else's is the same. They they still they stand there and they make saves. I mean, so I think that's why you've seen uh, the goalkeeping really be as usual. Yeah, I haven't seen anything different or a lower quality of goalkeeping. So yeah, I think goalkeeping is has been really good, really nice. Besides, yeah, some people, one or two yeah, some people might say we're reading too much into it, but I mean, <laughs> we're, we're there's not much to talk about. We're trying to we're trying exactly. to exactly. Uh, last game of notice again, pain for Arsenal man. Uh, Neil Mopay, yeah. the hero and the villain, undoubtedly just uh, pressures Bird, Bird Leno. If you didn't see, pressures Bird Leno and Bird Leno goes off injured, uh, probably with a nasty knee injury. I don't know the prognosis, the diagnosis, excuse me. But uh, and then he and then he scores Brighton's winner in the dying seconds. So Terry, man, what's uh, what? What do you think of Neil Mopay? Is he Oh, this man is a villain. I I will say for all Arsenal fans, we are ready to play Brighton next season to get another bite at the cherry at Neil Mope. We we do not like him, and we are not going to forget this. Um, but as for Arsenal's future, Bern Leno, in, in my opinion, in many Arsenal fans' opinions, was the player of the season. He kept us in a lot of games. And... Losing him is going to be tough. Uh, if you, if just to remind you of what happened to him, Leno got the ball at the edge of the box. He was in the air. Neil Mopay comes up, pushes him, and you know, with the keeper with the ball in their hands, they can't break their fall. Just an awkward laying on the knee, and it looks like he's going to be out for a minute. But Arsenal, they're kind of dead in the water right now. I have no real expectations for him, but we'll see. Only time will tell. Yeah, it's going to be an interesting one for Arsenal. We'll see where they finish. They're kind of a mystery right now. Mateo Guendouzi had some uh, had some uh, words and uh, a hand to the a hand for uh, his yeah. hand for Neil Mopé's neck at the end, but it looks like he'll go unpunished. So, you know, not not, not too. I don't. I'm not too concerned about that. But obviously, you know, they're they're not very uh, they're not very happy with him. So we'll we'll, we'll leave that. We'll, we'll close that uh, page. We'll close that book. We'll finish that chapter. So that's pretty much it, everyone. Other scores we have for the weekend. Southampton beat Norwich 3-0. Wolves uh, played West Ham. They won 2-0. Great goals from the Wolves players there. Um, True. Yes. Yeah, so the, honestly, that was probably a good highlight from there. Um, around Ben, ben Chilwell's quality of finishing. Uh, Bournemouth uh, lost to Palace 2-0. Newcastle beat Sheffield United 3-0. And then City, surprise, surprise, beat Burnley 5-0. So, <laughs> obviously, the score from that, actually, the score from the City game that Phil Foden did pretty well. So, I guess we could, you know, see him as well um, getting into the team because 
another, again, another young player like Christian Pulisic, where as on most time in City, but I think, you know, I think this, this uh, squad rotation will prove well for some players down the line who have not a lot of playing time. Exactly. And uh, for Phil Foden, I know when David Silva leaves City at the end of the season, Pep Guardiola said, no need to buy someone. We got Phil Foden right there. So yeah. really excited to see that kid's future. I think uh, he's a bright future ahead of me. Yeah, he's, he's, you know, people say, oh, Phil Foden doesn't start. Phil Foden doesn't start. He starts every other club. Pep's being so stingy. But I think Pep's probably giving him experience where he needs it. And then next season he'll break in. And that's what that's when he'll have his big break. You know what I'm saying? But yeah, it looks there's some storylines we can talk about. We that we have talked about through this uh, first kind of um, weekend, if you want to call that. It's kind of like a five, six day weekend. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, a long weekend. <laughs> a long weekend. Uh, a lot of time to spend watching. Got a soccer. got a lot more long weekends ahead of us too. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I would I would caution everyone not to just watch soccer all the time. You know, as much as we like to go go out go out and do something, but um. It looks like there's going to be soccer on every day for a while, so enjoy it. But uh, we're you know, hoping, hoping it gets better, I suppose. It's just, it's exactly. just kind of fun. Um, the Bundesliga, I think, had a little more alert because like we didn't know as much about it. So yeah, I'll watch Paderborn, Paderborn play Hertha, even though you know they're Paderborn's in a relegation battle and Hertha's iffy. But you know, yeah. All right. Well, that's where we'll end it. That's it. Need we say more? All I gotta say is uh, hope for better. Hope for better. I think there will be better, but just hope for better. And that's it for today's episode. As always, follow us on Instagram at CLTL Podcast. Thanks for listening, guys, and catch us next week. Joga bonito.